0: To the path of Phil Neville,
1: crossed into Teddy Sheringham, but a terrific goal by Manchester United. Teddy Sheringham back on his own stomping ground, rounding
2: off a top-class move. Now goals, trying to thread it through, does eventually to Sheringham. Lovely chip, oh yes,
1: top quality. A win. saved by Bauer. Sheringham,
2: and it's 2-0 Manchester United. It's Teddy Sheringham again.
3: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast, On The Road again. I'm
2: Helen Evans.
1: I'm Maisie. I'm Sam. How was your trip here? You got the train together, didn't you? We did. Yeah,
2: trains, planes, automobiles, but we eventually got here. We're in a marriott in Waltham Abbey. Yes. Speak to one of your former teammates. Uh-huh. And roommate. Yeah, roommate Teddy a few times. Just gave it away there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've stayed at this hotel a few yeah, times. Yeah, we walked into, into the hotel the reception
3: and Maisie went, oh, I used to stay here. Yeah.
2: Would you stay to play Spurs? We would have done, yeah, North London clubs, yeah. So, yeah, long, long time ago.
1: That's quite long cool, I? I, I was thinking totally random, and we're currently sat sort of just above, I would say, the reception area, so you can probably hear coffee machines and glasses and plates and stuff around us. It's a she lovely spins. big skylight as well, isn't it?
3: Oh, it's the first time I noticed that, sound. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice, actually. there's a <laughs> massive
1: skylight
2: above us all. <laughs> anyway.
3: When so, was the last time you seen Teddy?
2: I think it was a 99 reunion. Um, a couple of years ago? Two or three years ago, yeah? I think so. Yeah, I'm sure he was, yeah. Is he a golfer? He is a golfer, yeah. Mm. Teddy will be a. Ooh, it be interesting to see. Probably two or three, I'd ooh. say. Oh he's a poker player too, isn't he? Bit he of is competition a bit of a poker here. player, yeah. Steady, yeah. Teddy's a steady player. He used to play with Yorkie. Used to get fined all the time. Steady Eddie thing.
3: Steady Eddie Teddy. Yeah.
2: I think Teddy Sheringham
1: is the first football player whose autograph I ever got.
3: Oh wow, that's my good. My mum um, got
1: it for me because she saw him- Oh, um, so you didn't get it then? As, no, but it was the first one I owned, the first one I had. My yeah, mum I saw, saw him at or... a shopping centre.
3: Was it like what back time. in the day when you used to get it on a little scrap of paper? Yeah, yeah, it was,
1: like, it was on like a receipt <laughs> or- it'll be, it'll be in a box somewhere. I oh, won't have Sam, it away. You should have
3: looked for that and brought it today.
1: It won't be in my house. It'll be in my mum's house somewhere.
3: <laughs> Let's face it, your mum's thrown that out a long time ago. Yeah. She keeps
1: everything, she's a hoarder. <laughs> Exciting to have Another treble winner I love Always amazing. I know it's different for you Because you were there But Helen I guess Getting those stories for, Especially those yeah. last few weeks When they were building up to it And starting to think This could happen And obviously Teddy Had played an unbelievable role Goal and assist In the FA Cup final Goal and assist In the Champions League final
3: It's pretty good
2: I've heard That his house now Is called the new camp What's yeah. has got Like a sign on it And stuff I don't know I don't know Just a rumour That's quite cool that producer Tasker has just told me. So if, if that's- Rumours
3: travel fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> He sat right beside you. <laughs>
2: he, sat, he sat right beside and he just went, oh, I've got a rumour. So there you go. This could be the biggest blag ever. I think
3: that should be the first question from you, Maisie. Mm-hmm. I will, I will.
2: Straight to the point. Yeah,
1: but we can also yeah. do uh, all of his life at Main also he was managed by Brian Clough and Sir Alex so we can get a comparison there Forrest and, as well, and of course that. I think he, he would have played with a young Roy Keane so it would be fun to see what his memories of that Roy Keane was versus the, the one that was his Modern captain game. at Manchester United
2: yeah. the more oh, older version got, I tell you what we've got lots to go up
3: lots to talk about here he is Teddy Sheringham.
1: Teddy Welcome to United Podcast. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm very well. What's life like for you now? Life is like a taxi driver at the moment.
0: I have um, young kids again. Uh, My eldest, who the Man United people know, is 34 now, Charlie. But uh, I have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old and a 4-year-old, as well as Charlie's two kids of 3 and months, so it's uh, pretty hectic in in our house these days.
3: So you really are a taxi driver.
0: Yeah, we're eleven and nine-year-old and the four-year-old dancing, football, gymnastics. So at the weekend, it's just I've got to go here, dad, got to go there, and that's all I do.
3: What do you, so you've got obviously Charlie, who's the eldest, and then you've got uh,
0: George. who's eleven. Yeah, uh, we had football on Sunday morning, freezing cold, going through all that again, watching the Sunday morning football. All the family came and and watched. And I have a nine-year-old girl, Lucy, which is great. Never been around girls growing up or anything. Uh, And a four-year-old girl as well, Ruby, who's a bundle of fun as well. So all good.
3: Busy household then. Yeah,
0: brilliant. You sound very happy. I'm very content. I wasn't there for Charlie um, to be around and understand all his character as such growing up because he was with his mum. I was travelling from Manchester back down to London quite a bit. But now, full-time dad that, you know, knows everything about the three, three others, the three youngest ones, and so much fun.
2: 34, I can't believe Charlie's 34. I don't know. I just what what would you have say,
0: said, 27, maybe? Yeah, yeah 25, 26,
2: yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Time flies, by the way. So let's go back to the start of your career. Where did football come from for you as
0: a passion? Uh, I had an older brother who was nearly three years older than me. He was a very good footballer. My dad was a very good footballer, he was a policeman, but used to get time off to play his sport. loved his football, so can always remember going to watch him play and then kicking in the goals afterwards, um, and then watching my brother play and thinking, "Wow, he's good, I want to be as good as him." And that was my constant uh, aim all throughout my childhood was like, I want to be as good as my big brother.
2: Could he have played? professional or uh, he played semi-professional some, around
0: the Dagenham and Redbridge right. era um, he dislocated his knee at 21 when a few people were looking at him and yeah. you know he never really recovered from that so uh, that was his downfall then around mm-hmm. that time obviously the doctors weren't as good then so diagnosed wrong or just the. Uh, what was the teams you played for as a kid uh, I played for school team district team couldn't get in the county team. There was a fella called Dave Matthews that used to play for West Ham, little centre forward that was the, who was the, the big kid on the block. He yeah. was at West Ham and played for England as well at a young age. I uh, played for a Sunday team called Beaumont, um, probably from 12 to 16, with Martin Hayes, Jimmy Carter,
2: and Perry Suckling in the ah, same okay. Sunday team. So we had a good Sunday team. Yeah. So uh, yeah, decent. And how did you transition from that then get to is it Millwall would have been your first club? Millwall was my first club but Sam asked me earlier who,
0: who do I support now? I was, so I was a West Ham supporter as a kid yeah, because my brother was a West Ham f- fan. He used to take me to West Ham to Upton Park. Then at 14 uh, I played for Tottenham Schoolboys. So when you play for the Tottenham Schoolboys you got tickets to watch the first team that afternoon. So because I was getting free tickets I became a Tottenham fan. Then when I Went to watch Tottenham. Glenn Oddle was playing at the time and I just fell in love with how yeah. graceful and how poetic he made the game look. Then I got released from Tottenham and I went to Millwall and I couldn't tell them I was a West Ham fan. Obviously, <laughs> with the Millwall West Ham friction. So it was easy for me to tell them that I was a Tottenham fan. And, you know, coming from East London, North East London, they, they accepted that. Um, I mean, it's hard enough to get up, come through the ranks at Millwall without telling them you're a West Ham fan. So that was... Made my life a little bit easier. Who do your
3: kids support now?
0: Charlie was a Tottenham fan. Then when I came to United, he became a United fan. But George, my youngest now, is a Tottenham fan. But he's, um, he's ready to uh, go <laughs> he's somewhere fence, else. Right? Yeah, he's not happy at the moment. So <laughs> He's just got Man United tracksuit and a West Ham
1: pyjamas. So oh he's, he's ready to defect <laughs> to are who wants to. We're taken. The space is available. Because <laughs> no. I was thinking about it because, especially around North London, there are so many clubs and so many clubs that have proper vicious rivalries. And it must be difficult because when you've played for them all, you obviously like them. You'll have an affinity to the teams that you've played for. But yeah. then as, as you then get older and you leave the game, when you look back, does, do those affinity states or do your loyalties to as you were when you were a child, do they become stronger? Well,
0: people don't understand that playing for Millwall, Tottenham and West Ham, I like all of them. You know, for any one of those clubs, what? You, can't, you can't like all of them. You know, it's just when Tottenham play against Manchester United, people say to me, who do you want to win? I'm like, I want them all to do well. Mm-hmm. Normally, all these clubs are all playing for something different. Man United are normally at the top of the division. And Champions League, so I'm supporting. Tottenham are normally in that second rung trying to get into Europe, so you know there's no conflict between the clubs. West Ham are normally struggling to stay up, so they're in their own, and Millwall, you know, in the Championship or whatever. So all my clubs are not into conflict, so but they are at the moment.
3: But you had great memories at Millwall, 16 you were when you signed there, so you'd left school by then.
0: I was just leaving school, and uh. Went there on a four-game trial uh, and they signed me after two games and got an apprenticeship for two years. And then halfway through that, they gave me a professional contract and made my debut quite quickly after that as a
2: 17-year-old and was off and running. Did you have any doubt, Ted, when you you got released at West Ham? You thought, "Mm, is it for me or is it? Or did you just think? Um, no. I'll Give another goal. Uh, Tottenham, uh, so, Tottenham. Tottenham as a, as a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, no, I
0: still loved playing football and it was like, I'm going to give it my best shot. I, I can't ever rem- remember having that sit-down period and thinking I've got to go for it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just, OK, I'll go and play for someone else yeah. and see where that takes me. What were the other things you loved when you were that age? <laughs> no, nope. that was it. Football, football, football. That was all that went on in our house. As I say, my brother was probably making good strides around that 16, 18 year old and thinking that he was going to be a footballer as well. And I was, that's all I ever wanted to be.
3: Do, are yeah. you still like that now? Do you still watch a lot of football?
0: No, I'd probably prefer to watch a big golf tournament than uh, most football matches now. You know, I love tuning into the big games.
3: So back to Millwall, top goal scorer in four seasons. And in two of those seasons, you played every game of the season. That was in
0: 1987 and 1991. All right. Did you know that? No, I didn't
3: know that. No. And what I want to know, you, of course, were the top goal scorer there. You held the record, but who broke that in 2009? Neil Harris. All right.
0: Yeah, Chopper Harris, lo- lovely fella as well. Couldn't wish it to go, to any Nicer man. Great lad he is.
3: Incredible goal scoring record, though, at your time there. How much did you enjoy that time? You know, that was your first experience being a footballer?
0: Absolutely loved it. To get paid, my first contract was a two and a half year contract. It was £90 a week, £100 a week, £110 a week, going up £10 every every year. Um, and I, I just loved the fact that I was getting paid to play football. My mates were roofing, cabbying or whatever they were doing. I was getting paid to play football and I just loved every minute of it. So you can imagine how I felt later on in life earning good money and still getting paid to play football. Uh, you have to pinch yourself sometimes about how life's treated you and it's definitely been great for me.
2: I remember playing against you at the den. Absolute absolute horrible place to play. Yeah. You actually beat us three one but we even won the lot Was that for Blackburn? Blackburn, yeah. Yeah. I scored my first ever professional goal there. Did you? In that game? In that game. Did you really? Yeah.
3: And you don't remember that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, should have, I should have looked out. You was marking me. Really? And the reason why I remember this is because I tried to do the same run from a car, I scored off a corner, header, and I tried to do the same run again. don't know whether I blacked out, whatever it was, but I got an elbow right across my throat, no. and that was you. <gasps> was it? Yeah. Was it? Wow. That, that was my first real introduction into, obviously, playing against Millwall, but the physical side of football and I thought Jesus but honest to God it was as if I I was
0: choked that's interesting because at at Millwall I can always remember Frank McClintock having a go at me and Steve Wood who was our centre half blonde hair do you remember him good looking lad weren't hard enough weren't strong enough and he used to he used to Say say to us, go on, you try and run across me as if you're running for a free a free kick or a corner to try and win the ball." And Woody'd like go up and jog past him, and Frank would go bang against his chest. Yeah. So it, like it taught us to. So so ain't, this ball, ain't then? a kiddie's game. Some of it was him, and not a, you. Yeah. So this, is, this is a this is a proper man's game. You have got a man up, you you boys, and, yeah. and that's I thought it was all about curling balls in the top corner and chipping the keeper. When you come into professional football, you you yeah, realise yeah, what it's yeah. all
1: about, don't you? Yeah. Because your career was over such a long period, and over such an interesting football uh, period in the world of football, because obviously the Premier League came about and stuff. Did you notice that side of the game change?
0: No, it's never really changed. It's it's evolved. It's always trying to evolve to make the game quicker and faster for, for people to enjoy. But you know, the only the big deal was when the big money came in. Nineteen
3: ninety two.
1: It was
2: 1999, yeah, start of the Premier League, yeah.
1: What was what was going through your mind when you decided to leave Millwall? Was that your choice or was it theirs? Well, we'd won the
0: championship with Millwall and got into the top division for we had two years there, got relegated back down again, and then I had another year in the championship. It was probably my best year of goals, 38 goals I scored that year. And it was time it was time to go. We'd missed out on the playoffs. Uh there was speculation about I, I went and spoke to Blackburn, what was the manager? it was the first manager? There? Don Mackay. Don Mackay, yeah. I went and spoke to him. I think he tried to get Lineker. Lineker didn't want to go there, he, he had his bad toe. So he came to speak to me, and Jack Walker had just taken over. And he didn't really know how much money that he was allowed to spend and said, Look, I really want you to come. But Blackburn was still in the Championship then, and I, did, I wanted to go into the Premier League. I'd, I'd played there before then it came around uh, Brian Clough wanted me at Nottingham Forest so there was only one place I was going it, it didn't matter about the money how much Don Mackay could offer me at, at Blackburn Brian Clough Premier League it was like that's where I'm going
3: you wanted to play under him that was one of the main reasons uh,
0: Premier League yeah. yeah Brian Clough the statue of the players that were at Nottingham Forest as well Desi Walker Stuart Pearce a young Roy King. No, we
3: were just going to say uh, we were that uh, Nigel
0: Clough uh, Ian Wan, some fantastic players there. So loved, loved going there. For only had a
1: year there, but it was a great year. You mentioned Roy Keane. What was the young Roy Keane like compared to the one that you turned up and found at Manchester United years later? So a young Roy Keane was an absolute lunatic.
0: <laughs> the older Ro- Roy Keane at Manchester United was an absolute lunatic. <laughs> so there was uh, <laughs> no, 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 no different, no different, really. <laughs> How
3: old was he then when he was? He would have
0: been by the time I got to. Forrest perhaps nineteen. Yeah, yeah. you were
3: twenty-five?
0: Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Something like, no, uh, yeah, maybe something like that. Roy Keane was an absolute machine at Forest. You remember him at Forest when yeah. he was just absolute up and down. Yeah. Like I played up front with, with Nigel Clough. Neither of us could run very fast. So every time the ball got played up to us, Keeney was on his bike, just running in behind, just taking the centre halves away from us so that we could control the ball and do what we wanted. Have with you always it. played centre forward? Always played centre forward, yeah. yeah. Even from a kid, yeah. I played midfield a little bit at school just to get more involved, but I was. You're just, probably one of the just, first
2: ones I've actually stayed centre forward, because everyone seems to centre forward and work their way back, or the wingers or the midfielders yeah. made forward. But yeah, you're the, yeah, I think you're probably one of the first yeah. to have stayed
0: there. Drifted into midfield for yeah. a lot of my career, but you know, still wanted to score goals and, and make goals. So
1: what was. I'm sure you get asked this all the time. What was Brian Clough like as a manager, and then how did that compare later when you had Sir Alex? Because obviously they're two of the greatest managers ever. Yeah,
0: uh, Cloughy was very simplistic, brilliant to work for. A um, little bit worse for wear, big drinker by that stage, um, but still, his his football was just brilliant. Didn't didn't say a lot in the dressing room. Get the ball, look after it, pass it to your teammate, help your teammate. That's it. Off you go. And it was just ridiculous. And I, I said to first first team meeting I said to Desi, who I knew from playing against him on a Sunday morning, is that it? He went, Yeah, that's all he ever says to us. Come on, let's go out and it's
3: enjoy, a simple enjoy game, the game though that people make complicated, it isn't is.
0: it? Yeah. It's many a yeah. many a big manager that's ever said that.
3: <laughs> yeah. When you look back, maybe at the time you didn't notice as much, but the football education you were getting from him, did you realise that at the time? Or is it only when you left there and in hindsight?
0: I, I've been very lucky to, to play for so many good managers. Yeah. Um, even before that, George Graham at Millwall was f- fantastic for me at the time that I needed what what he was telling me. You know, as I said, I thought it was all about curling it. George was like, stop chipping the keeper, stop curling. Just, it's only one goal. However good that goal is, it's only one goal. Just hit the back <laughs> of the net. And he hammered me, hammered me day in, day out until it, you know, Clicked, came yeah, it clicked, <laughs> and then the new manager came in, John Doherty, was fantastic for me. Then Bruce Riot came into Millwall, who was just as fantastic for me. And then to go from there to go and play for Brian Clough, I thought it was the icing on the cake. But it was still only early days for me in the managers that I played for.
2: Mm.
0: Two million quid,
2: any Two pressure million. on it? Uh, Did you feel not pressure?
0: really? No? no, no, didn't, didn't feel that pressure I just thought wow Brian Clough wants me to play for him I'd scored 38 goals that yeah. year and it was like wow I'm, I'm ready to step back into the Premier League and and enjoy that
1: What was it like as a player having the change from Division 1 to the Premier League because people talk about the Premier League now as though it's the only competition that's, yeah. that's we talk about stats and stuff it all starts at the Premier League but for someone who played both sides of that change yeah. at the time did it feel like oh this is going to be massive this changes everything or was it just they're just changing the name and it's...
0: It didn't feel any different. A little bit more razzmatazz about the games, but it didn't really feel any any different. I think it's always continuously trying to get bigger and better. And that's, that was just all part of it. There was, there was no sudden, wow, this is the
1: Premier League coming in. It was just still another season, still ongoing. Does it annoy you that people look at statistics from the Premier League because that would cut out so many of your goals? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the stats,
0: you know, people love stats now, don't they? I scored over 350 goals in my career, but they only want to talk about 146 in the Premier League. They don't realise that that there was life before the Premier League started, but there was for us old boys. Good effort, that's 350. Yeah, in about over 900 games as well. It was about 900... and. 15, 30 games, something like that. Wow. So do, you look,
1: do you look at some of your records now over that period and over those goals and think, yeah, that's pretty good because you've also got so many records at being like the oldest player yeah. to score and stuff. Yeah,
0: oldest player to score, oldest player to score a hat-trick mm-hmm. in the Premier League. So, they're always nice. Still stunned? Yeah, Ronaldo was getting close to it when yeah. he, a little while ago but, not so quite. when you see him leave are you like Yes Not, not really yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's <laughs> going to get yeah, broken yeah, yeah. So. Isn't it, it always nice to get a mention Really on the, do you think te- people
3: will you, play longer now I don't
0: Pro- Probably not I, I didn't think Ronaldo would because of you know I, I thought he would come to a sudden stop and say that's it uh, you know I've done what I've had to do I'm, How old is your
2: 30 40 was my 40 was my
0: oldest because goal Because you finished uh, yeah. hat trick at West Ham I think my oldest pr- hat trick would be around 38 in the I Premier think, League for Portsmouth against Bolton at Portsmouth, which took Portsmouth
2: to the top of the Premier League. Tell you what, I don't think that could. Ooh. If I could, you
3: think, think about how everybody long, talked long. about Ronaldo's age for the last few years, like
2: yeah,
0: Giggsy was getting close to the yeah. oldest Premier League goal scorer. I think he scored
1: one at. 38, 39. At one point, I don't know if he still is, I can't remember, but he was at one point the oldest Champions League goal scorer. I oh, think he, he had that. I don't oh, think right. he is now. I think it's been beaten. Oh, but right. I'm sure at a point he was. Yeah. But it's, oh, Is well, it I mean, nice to have those? Like, though? It's nice that to they, get a mention on the of telly, you know, yeah. when you're having
0: your Sunday dinner and you go, <laughs> well, did I just get a mention? See <laughs> <laughs> <hear> that granddad? <laughs> yeah. great, granddad? great
2: granddad. granddad, Grand, yeah Pulling at your legs. <laughs> did you hear that? Is that your name?
3: So another move came about and finally you could be comfortable and say you were actually a Tottenham Hotspur fan because you arrived there. Was that a bit of a dream come true for you then?
0: Yeah, it was. After getting released at uh, uh, 14, 15 to actually get bought back by Tottenham for a lot of money. £2 million at the time was a lot of money. So to go back there and I can remember doing my warm-up in the first game I think we played my first home game was Sheffield United at home we played Ipswich away at, in my first game when Jason Cundy scored that yes. goal from the halfway way yeah. on the tackle yeah, tackle yeah, flew in the top corner and then my first home game at Tottenham I can remember in the warm-up doing my stretches and looking round at the ground and thinking I'm going to love this here. I'm going to love playing here and I had five Really good years of probably probably my best football, I think. You know, I was at that age, 27 to 31. How did uh, that move come about from Forest? Because you were only there a year, was you? I was there a year. So th- after three games of the season, just before the window closes, I went from Forest to Tottenham. Totally out of the blue? There was speculation. There was speculation about me going to Tottenham from Millwall. Right, but okay. I don't think they had the money at the time. There was, you know, they had their money problems. But then all through the season, there was still talk about me going from Forest to Tottenham, and I just thought, no, nah, I'm enjoying my at, at yeah, Nottingham Forest, yeah. loving, living in Nottingham. So, whose decision was that?
2: Yours or Cloughy? Cluffy, Cluffy
0: came to me and he said, "Look, we've had a bid from from Tottenham for for two point one million, I think it was. Um, you know, you do you that. want to go? Oh, right. And the chance of going back to Tottenham, you know, you've got to take that chance, and yeah. you because it, it might not ever come around again.
3: You must have. Come across one of those people that was a deciding factor in you leaving when you were fourteen. When you went back, what, did you meet any of those people?
0: Um, not that I can remember. No, no, no. <laughs> they yeah. remember
3: you though. Straight yeah. away,
0: like were there any bitter people you could point at? No,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice, isn't it, to be able to do that?
0: Yeah, it, it was a nice feeling to
1: to go full circle and yeah, that, that they wanted me for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, obviously, top goal scorer in your first season there in the Premier League. Did you feel at home at White Hart Lane? Did you feel an affinity with the fans?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, as I say, I was a West Ham supporter, but spent a lot of time on the terraces at Tottenham watching Glenn Oddle, uh, Ozzy Ardili's, uh Ricky Vela, all around that era. Went to the cup final in 86, was it? Should know that, uh, when they lost to Coventry 3-2. On goal, um, yeah. Biggest club in London. Uh, some would say um, so yeah loved, loved going being signed for them and really enjoyed
3: Can I just ask you your opinion of Teddy during those years? Um, Obviously you'd seen him score lots of goals Can't
1: remember he's still recovering from the elbow Yeah still concussed
3: Didn't have Sky Sports then
2: I like that memory though Maisie that <laughs> yeah. I gave you one across the chops I'll tell you what Ted I mean considering I would have been 19 it was a real Coming from obviously playing the reses and as you say, nicey nicey football till like, I got to grow up quickly. Are you, you talking about
3: this elbow still?
2: Yeah, no, because <laughs> that, that's because Sam brought it back. <laughs> but but that's that's the way it was. I mean, there's a lot probably dirtier players than Teddy, but that's just the way it was. Never quite got him back. That's that's my disappointing thing. So any any old games coming up now? Just be careful. <laughs> Plenty of time. Plenty <laughs> of <laughs> time. Masters games. Uh, no, Teddy. I mean. Teddy's one of those players that you knew that, given a chance, he'd score. Um, similar to myself, wasn't blessed with great pace, but you knew that, you know, balls into him, anything that going into him would stick, um, and just a great player to have in your team. I, I'd look, I mean, I'd, we only played a couple of seasons together. But when he came to United, you just knew exactly everything that I watched and played against him was exactly what he was Mm. when he joined United. Just a top, top player, even though he joined United. 31 was it? 31 I was, yeah. 31? Yeah. Um, No, top player.
3: And I was saying this to Maisie, sorry, we're skipping forward a little bit here, but I was saying this to Maisie um, on the train on the way down. I don't know what his Robin Van Persie was when he signed, probably similar. But not very many players sign. So Alex Ferguson didn't sign that many players at that age.
0: No, he d- he didn't like to give big contracts to no. players over 30, did he? So for me to get a three-year contract there. Coming back to London, you said you were really enjoying living in Nottingham, but was it fun being back in London? Yeah, family was back in London, so even though that two hours to Nottingham, you know, to to come back to Tottenham, it was a it was a stepping stone again, like to go from Millwall to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Tottenham in footballing terms was was a again a massive move for me. Yeah.
3: You said your dad and your brother of course were big football fans who followed you around the country were were they there with you watching games
0: Yeah mum and dad used to travel a lot so so for them to to get me back to London would be ideal you know rather than the 2 hours going up to Nottingham coming you know 20 minutes to uh, to Tottenham's ground in in the Saturday afternoons uh, my brother used to come as well my son was coming of age so that he would be he would be following in uh, my path as well.
1: I know you probably are getting asked this by everybody right now because there are weird maybe parallels between you and Harry Kane but what I'm wondering is is at that age where you were so successful and you were scoring so many goals was there a part of you that thought I'd like to win some trophies I want these goals to achieve more than just three points here and there? Without a doubt. I mean
0: that's that's what football's all about. I, I wanted I didn't want to leave Tottenham. I wanted to play with the best players in the country in the world and that was they'd signed Klinsman a couple of years before Popescu was two fantastic players they kind of got their fingers burnt they left and the, the calibre of player that was coming in after that I didn't think we were going to be winning anything with them and I had to analyse that and add the, add the conversation with Alan Sugar we were talking about a new contract and I said yeah but I want to know what type of players are coming in as well and he said that's nothing to do with you and i went well okay. it is because it's it's my career as well I, I i was a top player at the time and and felt that i wanted to play with other top players and he said uh, i can't guarantee that and i said ok i want to leave then who and was the he, manager then uh jerry francis jerry francis and
1: did you know at that point so because that's obviously that's that's a that's brave to go and say and, and have that determination. Yes. But did you know that like United could be an option or anything? Or nope. was it just a case of no, no, no. I'm just gonna go and find the best solution? No, I
0: didn't I didn't know of anything. I was just in that position where I need to I need to get out of here. My my career is not progressing how I would like at this football club, even though it was a fantastic football club. And I just put in a transfer request and Jerry was like, no, 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 you can't do that. I, I'll let me speak to Sugar and we'll get some more money. I went, look, it's not about the money it's not about the money I want to, I want to be assured that our top players are coming to this club and I can't see it put in my transfer request mm-hmm. went away on holiday came back a couple of weeks later um, I had a answer machine in my um, in my uh, flat three messages from my dad Ted, Ted where are you? Ted, Ted where are you? I need to speak to you Ted, where are you? and it was like that's not like my dad that's not my, like my dad at all didn't know you were on holiday. Yeah, so I phoned him. I said, Dad, all right? He went, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tottenham have been on. You need to go and speak to a club. They've agreed a fee. I went, all right. Okay, cool. Who, who is it? And he went, well, have a guess. And I went, well, it's probably Liverpool, is it? Because they were the ones that were half interested at the time. He went, no, 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 no. Have another guess. I went, well, Newcastle, that they were interested. He went, no, 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 better than them, better than them. And I went, not Man United. And he went, yeah, you've got to go and speak to them this afternoon. I went put the phone down, I'm <laughs> off. I was on a flight up to, up to Manchester, let's do this. And uh Cantonar had just left and Fergie had seen me as a as a replacement for that type of player in there, and it was just like, wow, that'd do for me. I you know, I knew all the England boys, Bex, um, Neville's, Skullzee, Buty, I know all them at uh, what they were like, obviously Maisie, and it was just like Man, this is a top club. Palace as well. I knew as well. I knew knew them all. That it. it was like, wow, this is a step up again. I can't wait to get there.
3: Yeah, an easy transition for you. It's not like you were moving transition. somewhere you didn't know people. I'm sure you'd been in Manchester many times. We have heard a few players say that Gary Neville was very influential with Sir Alex Ferguson. You need to sign him. You need to sign him. Do you think he? or any of the other players had an influence on that or do you think it was solely Sir Alex? Um, Obviously he knew a lot about I'm, you anyway. I'm but sure
0: he spoke to different different players because that, that's what he does isn't it? Yeah, he likes another character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he spoke to me about other players about coming in after that when I was at Manchester United so no doubt that he did. I, I don't know who he spoke yeah. to but it's funny on the day that I signed uh, Sir Alex wasn't there I did the deal with Martin Edwards uh, and my agent and you obviously hear that about chairman signing players and giving them to the pl- to the manager. And they're going, well, I, I don't want him. Mm-hmm. So when we agreed everything, I said, oh, by the, by the way, before I sign, can I speak to the manager? And he was like, oh, yeah, OK. M- why? And I went, oh, I just want to speak to him. So he got him on the phone. I said, oh, uh, Alex, uh, it's Teddy Sheridan and me. I've just been speaking to Martin Edwards is it you that wants me to come to the football club or is it, or is it the chairman? And I went out of the room and asked that question and he said, uh, oh, no, no, son, I can't wait to work with you. I went, that'll do for me. Put no. the phone down. and, and that was Just th- just to know that, that it was him that wanted me and not the,
1: not you, other people at you the You hadn't club. spoken to him before that point of signing the contract? No. Wow. Because mm. I mean, just from the outside, you assume that there are conversations that take place and even just a little bit like, oh, we'd, this is where we'd see you fitting at the club and all that kind of stuff, but none of it. no. No,
0: nothing, nothing like that. No. And
1: what's was, that like for you as a player, just knowing it's Manchester United? So that's obviously hugely exciting, but not not getting much more information than that.
0: Well, I'd only just come back off holiday. There had been no real contact from from anyone else. I'd signed within 24 hours of coming back from America with my mates, and you know, I was overjoyed that, that it was Manchester United. I knew all about the the club, you know, from afar. Yeah. Um, and just felt that I would fit in there. You know, so it was it was a no-brainer for me. It was a, again, it was another step up from the Millwall to Forest to Tottenham yeah. to Man United. Like this is this is the pinnacle, and working for Sir Alex was was well, it's a no-brainer.
1: You've just left Spurs, whose ambition, I guess, is just do the best that we can. You're joining Manchester United. They've just won the league. So what happens on the first day? What's it like for you? Is it, is it does it seem different?
0: Without a doubt. The whole the whole stature of the club was different. We went away on pre-season uh, trips. We either went to Hong Kong or somewhere in Asia. I think it Asia, was Hong Kong because I read Kong. an
3: interview you talked about there.
0: So I went there with Tottenham the previous year or two years before that and there was about 30 people at the uh, airport getting autographs, you know, clamoring for autographs. I went there with England before Euro 96 as well and there was... Hundred people at the airport. When we went there with Man United, there was thousands, and it was all about Giggsy and Bex and you know Becks was becoming big by then. And he had all the blonde flowing locks, and it, everything about Man United was was just that tenfold bigger. You know, it was everywhere we went. the The stature of the club it just spoke for itself, and it was. I can remember Sir Alex saying to me, "You won't realise what it's like to play for Man United," and I was like. Yeah, I'm all right. I've you know I've been around the world with Tottenham, and I've, I'm playing for England now, and I'm yeah, I'll be all right. But he was right. It was it was a it was a step up. Wherever you went, it was big news, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just a
2: just. I can't believe how big it was. Yeah, I, I was gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah. and even I, now. I mean, I mean, don't. Go, I'm I'm coming from small Lancashire called Blackburn, but I remember walking through the door and going pre-season, as you said, and thinking, Jesus, wow. 30, like 25, 30,000 watching you train, they open the stadium up, and you're thinking, oh my God, this is absolutely incredible. Yeah. incredible. It's great. It's, it's beautiful, it's, it's isn't it? It's just it, a stage. You know, the, when you think about all the
0: fantastic players that have played and, you know, the Busby Babes and yeah. all from there, you know, the stature of the club and people that they talk about is like, wow, this is a proper football club, this one. Didn't feel pressure then? No, not at all. Again, um, so, I followed Peter Beardsley into England, in the England set Fantastic player for England. I followed Lineker into Tottenham. Fantastic player. And then to come in, everyone said, oh, what, Cantona's shoes, you're not a little bit worried? It's like, hold on a minute. Sir Alex Ferguson wants me to play for his football team. Yeah. <laughs> that would do for me. This is Manchester United. Go out there and enjoy it, you know. You can put as much pressure as you want on yourself, mm-hmm. but you've got to take the positives
1: out of the situation and go... Mate, this is this is beautiful. What were your early interactions with Sir Alex like? Because obviously you hadn't spoken to him a lot prior to signing. Just one of uh,
0: kind of respect, I, I think. He'd obviously seen my career blossom. You don't just pluck someone out and um, say, right, we need him to replace him or put him in there. You know, you look at people throughout their careers. I know he would have known a lot about me. I plan against him. Um, I think he had a respect for the type of player that I was and the type of person that I was. So, you know, and I only had respect for him and the way that he'd managed and, you know, the way that I'd seen that he'd managed uh, Ryan Giggs over the years and the way he was trying to bring the young boys through, you know, the way he spoke to uh, Bex and Scolese and Butty, the way, just that father figure, you know, it's not just about being a football manager and the Nevilles obviously, that the way that he, wanted them to be proper young men. You know, that, that was the that was the influence that he had over all his young players that came through.
3: How did the strikers compare when you arrived to strikers you'd played with in other teams?
0: Well, so I knew Coley from, yeah. from the England set-up as well, and Ollie Gunner was, was just coming through. Um, obviously, he'd had, I think he'd had a couple of seasons there, Uh the silent assassin the young the young you know just phenomenal finisher uh, so I knew all about them I knew they were very different to me both of them so I knew that I would fit in somewhere along uh, the lines with, of of that style and, and if you are bought for three and a half million in those days you expect to be starting it's not like getting bought for 70 million now and you're you're, you're a sub and you'll be a bit, bit part player. In those days, if you're bought for three and a half million, you're going straight into the starting lineup, and you're
1: a, a, an integral part of that team. You mentioned Andy. Do you mind if we ask you just what your view on your relationship was with him? Because obviously it's, it's a sort of semi-famous thing within the world of football that maybe you didn't always see eye to eye, but you still managed to play together every week. Yeah.
0: Um, we didn't have the best um, relationship I think uh, we rubbed each other up wrongly uh, from from the first moment we met, and it didn't get any better, to be honest. But we were both very professional in what we did, and wanted to get the best for Manchester United, and, and that's the way we both focused on on what we did.
1: So more like a case of a, like a personality clash rather than yeah, I think you know, so. Like a like a
2: passionate dislike or something. Yeah, no, I think you're safe to say that it was probably a personality clash. Did you find Ted when you left? come to United was there a different way of obviously when you're playing at your Man United every, every game you have to win obviously you wanted to win with Spurs you're not going to win every game did you find the pressure of United thinking every single game you've got to win Without Did doubt did, did you notice yeah. anything in training where you thought you know these lads are like flying into tackles or was it the same throughout your career I'd had that before at different clubs. Millwall was
0: was yeah. quite ferocious in in the training as well. You, you know, it or all depends there a different what, level of yeah. It all depends what manager you got, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot of managers go, "Whoa, whoa, careful! We've got a big game Saturday." Whereas other managers would be like, "Yeah, that that will get them ready Wind for them Saturday yeah. if they if they can do that on a, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, they'll be flying by yeah. Saturday." And and that was I'd always trained the way you're going to play on yeah. a Saturday, and I yeah, couldn't yeah. understand players that were a little bit timid on a Thursday, Friday to save themselves for Saturday. That's when you get your injuries and to come to United, I can remember at some stages after training coming in and going, wow, that was some training session. Two teams playing against yeah. each other, top you're players, the eight, eight yeah. side <laughs> playing against each other and top players on that side, top players you're playing with and just goals flying in and tackles flying in and the passing, the movement, just going. This is a, proper a different level. Play. Yeah. yeah, without without a doubt. Yeah.
1: One thing, of course, that happened very soon after you joined United was you ended up playing Spurs. Yeah. And you had to take a penalty. Yep. What were you thinking in that moment? Score. Um, <laughs> what a perfect chance to to score my first
0: mm-hmm. goal for United. It was the first game of the season. Uh, Tottenham away at White Hart Lane. Felt confident on it. Um, just just pulled it slightly and hit the post. Not the best start to my Man United career, but we ended up winning the game and was quite comfortable in it. We won two 0 so wasn't the end
1: of the world. Were you bothered by the reaction you got from Spurs fans because they weren't always hugely uh, supportive of you joining United? Listen, football fans are, are football
0: fans. They, you know, if, if one or two start screaming something, others will follow, and they'll think, yeah, that, that's it. I understand. You know, I was one of their. Top players to for me to leave uh, and go and join someone else when they want their club to be the best. I understand that. I wanted to be the I wanted to be the best at Tottenham. As I said, I didn't want to leave, but it's a short career. I want to I want to play with the top players. So I was very focused in in what I wanted to do.
1: So eventually, it all came back around again anyway, because you ended up back at Spurs. I did, I did,
0: yeah, in a funny scenario, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. When, the, when that first season drew to a close and Arsenal have won the double, yep. what was your personal feeling and did that mirror what maybe Sir Alex was saying and the rest of the team were feeling about, I guess because for you being in that race was different in itself? Yeah.
0: Well, we were, I don't know if you remember that season, Maisie, we was six points clear no, I think we was what was it? We was twelve points. I think we might have been twelve yeah. points clear at one at one stage. We had Keeney done his knee, and all in the same space time around early February. Pally done his back. Giggsy done his hamstring, and Peter Schmeichel was out as well. Um, and we lost a couple of games. Played Arsenal in the around that period when they beat us one 0 and got knocked out of the Champions League to Monaco. Uh, all in a short space of time. And at the time, you didn't have big, big squads. So to lose those four players, all in that busy period, you know, it affected us. And um, I got a little bit of stick at the end of that season from Man United fans about not, because they'd been used to winning the league and maybe I was the culprit for us not winning the league that year. But up until that stage, up until we had those four injuries, we we were flying. flying we were looking like we was going to win the league again so yes i'm i'm sure i got part of the blame but i didn't heap that all on me because i knew the situation around the the february time that we had the problems that second
1: season was a pretty good season
0: that second season was was one of the best yeah not for me personally no again well yorkie came in at the yeah. end of the season where we where Arsenal won the double mm-hmm. and he was a very similar player to me
3: did you think about that at the time
0: do you know what I, you I still look at it and think well I looked at it at the time quite whether I was pig-headed or not but I thought to myself well I'm not going to be the one missing out because he's only just bought me as well so I'm going to fight for my place as well so there was four strikers I could quite easily have looked at Yorkie and thought he's a very similar player to me I'm not going to get any games. I'm off I could have thrown my toys out the pram but I thought do you know what I've never done that. I'm here at United. I've got a three-year deal. I'm going to fight for my place and I want to be part of this team. Last year, we were close to to winning the league. If we hadn't had the injuries, I felt that we would have done that. I'm quite happy. I'm, I'm, I'm here. So, whether the manager expected me to throw my toys out of the pram at that stage of my career as well and thinking he would get some money back for me and Yorkie would come in and they would have the three strikers, I don't know. But, I didn't say anything. I just carried on my, my life there and, and actually started the new season in, in the team. So I, I thought that he still liked me as a player, but I think me and Yorkie were very similar. If you, you, would, you would really play Yorkie and one of the other two, or me and one of the other two. So Did you have any conversation with the manager about that? No, 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 just he didn't come to me and say, that was it. yeah, that, just get that's on with it. it, that, you know, life goes on.
1: How much less football did you play, do you think, overall over that season compared to the season before? I started the season,
0: so I was quite comfortable in that. Then got an injury, was out for a little while, uh, lost my form, lost my place, whatever. Got back in for the odd game, but it would be like the, the minor games that, that, that the manager often played the lesser players in. You know, like your Bradfords at home or whoever at home, you know, the the games that you're expected to win. Um, Again, up till Christmas, loss of form, had the ump a little bit, you know, couldn't get back in the team. Another injury. And I remember the manager coming to me around. I tried to get back in, got the same injury again, tried to get back in, tried training. And, and he could see that I was frustrated and he came to me around late January maybe early February and he said Ted I can see you you're trying to get fit for the next game or the, or the close to the next one have a look at the bigger picture I've got a funny feeling that the end of this season is going to be a massive season for us so make sure you're fit for the long run and not just for, the, for that next game that you want to be fit for you know Maybe take your time and be fit in three weeks' time rather than a week because it's going to be a massive season. Our foresightful yeah. yeah? to see, yeah, yeah. yeah, you could, don't get much bigger than how it ended, does it?
1: Did you list? Did you take that on board? Of course, of course, I did.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, felt it was nice that the manager came to me and he could see what was going on in my brain. That you know. I want to. I'm, I want to get back fit. I want to. I want to be involved for that game because if I'm involved for that, way, I do well in that game. I'm. I can. You know.
1: And he, and he saw that, and he just said, "Look, just just take it easy. And make sure you fit." When after that conversation, did you start to notice this is different now? This is a different season. Something special might be happening.
0: It wasn't really spoken about, was no. it? We because the no. because the players were so focused, so professional. I don't think you know the it was there people were talking about it you're still in three cups uh, three trophies and you know you, you can do the treble but it wasn't really spoken about in the dressing room it was it was an underlying feel that you don't speak about it it's just you know we'll just carry on doing our thing that's what came from the manager mm-hmm. from the captain as Next well game, yeah. just just do your thing you know let's not get above our stations I think it was only when we the semi-final against yeah. Arsenal the, the replay of the semi-final against Arsenal when he scored that won the goal uh, when we was down to ten men. And you come through that, you know, Bergkamp having his saving safe, yeah. his penalty in the last minute. It was on telly the other day. I, w- I watched a bit of that. It was only a couple of days ago. I thought oh, I'll have a little watch of that. Um, I think once we came through that, it was like, oh, 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 this is getting this is getting exciting now, isn't it? Well
2: that's the FA uh, FA, fi- FA Cup final booked. Booked. Booked, so to speak. Yeah and then like you said alright we're going neck and neck with Arsenal is that Arsenal? Yeah, yeah neck yeah. and neck with Arsenal women for the league and it's one of those where you just keep Well, tick that one off tick that one off and you just get that little bit of momentum Yeah. Cha- like, Champions, league, Champions course, league final got through semi-final was coming up
1: you know bigger games at the end of the season it's like I'll tell you what especially falling going 2-0 down so early in the semi-final against Juve having drawn at Old Trafford they could, it could have all gone wrong then. Could have done, yeah. yeah. But
0: Keeney was immense that day when he yeah. scored the, the goal to make it 2-1, I think. The header from the corner, great goal. Uh, got booked so that he knows that he's going to miss the final if if we do get to the final. Uh, and he just put on a display of, of leadership that that carried us through and ended up um, getting the equaliser and then... I think it was Coley scored the third one, when not it? Yeah. Yorkie went to go
2: around the keeper. Yeah, it, yeah, and yeah got, got brought, brought down. down and Coley the it scored into to the internet, and yeah. to make it 2-2 on it yeah. half-time.
3: You talked about the training earlier and how training was always intense. In those last few weeks, was it still as intense?
0: Yep, without a doubt. Places, didn't. <laughs> places <laughs> yeah. to play yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, Didn't change, you know, the, the focus of the players. I mean, you could look at every one of those players and knew that they were all focused. There was, there was probably a, a squad of 18, I suppose, that, that you knew that if anyone came out, someone would go into that position and be able to... The, the team's not going to change much. Apart from Keeney, the way I see it. I don't know what you, what you think. Of, when I do my Q&A's all around the country, all around the world, I say to people that there were so many fantastic players at United and you could take any one of them out put someone in and we'd still be a great team but if Keeney came out of the team there was something missing the the leadership qualities you know he was the driving force of that team yeah and if he wasn't in the team you know the percentage uh, of the performance came down
2: that that way, to be fair Ted but yeah
1: we've sat haven't we and we've tried to work out which players got all three medals yes and the the forward the front four are the only department I think apart from I guess the goalkeepers where everybody gets a medal. Really? Yeah. Apart from that, there's there's midfielders it's and it's there's like defenders it's that it's miss out. Like there? Yeah, we Something think it's less like than eleven we worked out. The FA Cup final was obviously, I imagine the day started maybe with a little bit of disappointment because you were on the bench. Oh well, we've got to talk about the
2: Spurs game. Well, well, of, course. of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. The we sh- start yeah. a little
0: bit earlier than that. Yeah. Um, so as I say, I didn't have the best of seasons in and out. I'd actually scored three goals, probably one of my worst seasons in professional football, up until the last three games of the season. So before the game, the manager only ever named the team an hour and a quarter before the game started. I'm
1: starting in the Tottenham game, which shocked me. He never said anything to me that I would be starting. I'm going to interrupt you just for a split second, just so that, because there are people listening that will be young enough not to remember it in real time. And it's still shocking that we had to win that final game of the season to win the Premier League the season we won the Treble. It wasn't wrapped up on this day. You yeah, had yeah. to win the game.
0: Well, Arsenal were playing at home against someone. We were playing, Man United were playing against Tottenham on the last day. If we both win, we would win by a point, I think it was. So I was named in the starting lineup. Les Ferdinand scored to make it 1 0 against the run of play. And the place fell silent. I don't think even the Tottenham fans cheered no. because they knew if they, Tottenham beat us, they would hand the, the Premier League to Arsenal. So they didn't want them to score. I don't think the players wanted them to score, but they did.
1: Oh, Ferdinand's got a foot to it. He scored. Les Ferdinand. An amazing moment at Old Trafford. It's his first goal of 1999.
0: Uh, we got back in the game. One all Beck scored a great goal then I got booked just before half time slipped into Sol Campbell I I went to go in for a hard challenge thought I'm not going to make it tried to put the brakes on slipped and caught him anyway and and got booked so we came in at half time the manager came in and he said I'm going to change something took me off so my delight of starting the game you know I'm I'm not going to be part of it Coley came on Scored the winner to make it two-one. Anyway, we've won the Premier League. Fantastic! Absolutely de- delighted. Not the best season for me, but I'm part of the Man United squad that win the league. Right now, we go on to the to the FA Cup. After starting, the manager pulls certain players if they've started the game before. He would always pull you to say, "I'm leaving you out. I'm not starting you this game. I'm resting you." You know, was his was normal his saying, shout? His yeah. shout wasn't it? "I'm resting you. I don't want to be rested." What do you mean you're resting me? You're not resting me. You're leaving me out. Alright, whatever way it is, you're not playing. You know, that was the conversation (laughs) that you had and we've all had it. Um, So he pulled me on about the Thursday, he said, look, just letting you know, you're not starting, but you'll be on the bench. Just be ready if you're needed. So I'm sitting there on the day of the game. I'm obviously gutted, but I'm a sub, you know, I'm part of this game. I I could be part of it. You know, on the latter stages, might come on, score a winner in the 80th minute or whatever. I'm sitting there right behind Sir Alex Keeney's got a bad ankle anyway he was a bit doubtful for the game gets crunched by Gary Speed after about two minutes proper tackle on him one that Keeney would have loved to have put on Gary Speed won the ball straight through Keeney he's obbling about the gaffer knows that he's obbling about he turns to me and he says Ted get warmed up you're going on I lean forward and went yeah but it's Keeney that's injured (laughs) and I'm starting to get into his why are you putting me on for Keeney and I I thought what What are are you doing (laughs) what are you doing just get yourself ready and get on there before he changes his mind so within a couple of minutes Keeney comes walking off I go on after six minutes of the FA Cup final after seven minutes we're 1-0 up and I've scored the first goal of the game (laughs) good play by him here's Sheringham that was deeply dark too and it scores
1: starting it on to Sheringham Of that is some impact
0: what a turnaround from a, being disappointed not starting in my first ever FA Cup final um, so now we're 1-0 up I've scored the, the, the goal we go on we win the game quite comfortably set goal up for the for the second goal I probably could have scored again I had a couple of chances should have scored again but get named Man of the match, we win the FA Cup, we've won it 2 0 against Newcastle, what a delight. Come off, celebrations. Hello. Could be starting on Wednesday in the Champions League final if I've just had a good game like that. So this is our minds thinking.
3: So just four days later.
0: Four days later.
2: Could be starting in the Champions League. I've got to be in his mind now. Ted, this is where we're rooming together and we're going through the team together and we're thinking, big Pete, Gaz, me. Yeah. Put Ronnie in midfield because Keeney and Scholes were both suspended. Yeah. And we must have had this conversation 10, 20 times sat in our room. Yeah. And I'm be. thinking, it's got to be. Because you started the FA Cup final as well, didn't you? And I remember it pulled the pair of us walking down into the team meeting. Yeah. I, I can't remember anything of the team meeting. I think that was the Tuesday night, right? That, yeah. Was that the Tuesday night?
1: Probably, Before yeah. the Wednesday, he we would have named down it. Down there, yeah. Yeah,
0: we would have known when he, and I can remember yeah, being absolutely gutted that he pulled me and said look you're not starting I mean I've subsequently heard that he already had his team set out for the Sunday game I would imagine yeah Yeah, Cup final and the Wednesday he knew what he was going to do you know for different teams so it was already planned but to hear that devastating news that you weren't going to start the Champions League final after planning the Cup final it was like okay it was like okay okay well I've, I've had one setback and come on and done all right and so Let's see what happens in
1: the, in the Champions League final. So.
3: That went okay too.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's ridiculous that you did the same thing. You came on, scored one, set one up. Yeah. Um, I don't
0: know if you've heard the story, but Sir Alex came to me at half-time mm-hmm. and we were losing 1-0. Basel had scored after nine minutes, scored the, the free kick. And he came in, I was washing my face in the toilet area and he came in and he said, Ted, I'm just letting you know that if it stays 1-0... For the next ten or fifteen minutes, you'll be going on, so make sure you're ready. So I had another there. wash. <laughs> so I had the, uh, sat there for the next ten or fifteen minutes, hoping that neither, yeah. neither team scored. Man United supporters can't understand this. I've told this before to Manchester United fans, and they're like, "You what?
2: Didn't want us to score?" And it's like well, that's the selfishness, isn't it? The and selfishness of yeah, yeah. professional footballer. Yeah.
0: I can sit here and want Man United to score now in Champions League finals because I know I'm never going to get on but I'm, I want to be part of what's going on this is an unbelievable season I want to be part of winning the treble I want to I want to play in this magnificent stadium look we're in the the uh, Camp Nou it's stunning you no know, better setting for a Champions League final that's um, a winner's
3: mentality though
0: and I, I, yeah I want to be part of it I that's want to get
3: really on people like that in a squad too yeah
2: yeah, yeah. You That's just, a selfish way of looking at as well. well. It
1: would go against human nature to be told if it stays like this you're going to join it yeah. and then to be like well I hope we score and I just carry on sitting on the bench does not make any sense? No it doesn't no. So 15
0: minutes into the second half he pulls me and he said get yourself ready. I stood there at the side of him and it, and it was like didn't say a lot to me just said just go on and go and go and change the vibe of the game son. It's you know we're, we're not it's not happening for us today just go and change the vibe of the game. And that I suppose from my early days of what I was taught, you know, just go and rough, a, rough it up, just, just change the dynamics of this game and just put yourself about a little bit and win a few headers and get the crowd up a little bit. And, you know, that, that was my take of what he said. All he said was, go and change the vibe of the game. And what, are your, like, what are your memories of the game from once you joined it? Um, just loved being on there, really. The pitch was like a carpet. Stadium was fantastic. It was a beautiful night. Just go and go and do what you've done for 28. I was what was I 32 at the time. Go and go and do what you've done for 28 years of your life. Just run about and play football
1: and enjoy it and see where it takes you. Did any part of you consider letting Giggsy's shot run past you to see where it was going? No, nope. <laughs> no. Nope.
0: Uh, it was. It went past me at such a slow pace. <laughs> uh, again, I, I tell the story, uh, Bex, Bex puts a f- uh, corner into the box, goes to the far post, Yorkie tried to head it Big back Pee into the box, he peeps up, so yeah. you know, you know, it's, you know mullet, we're, yeah. we're running out of time. Um, what's the ginger boy that hit it out? Heffenberg, uh, Heffenberg, Heffenberg tries to hit it out, out as hard it. as he can, he shanks it and it's falling to Gigsy on his right foot. And I thought, Jesus, this could go anywhere. (laughs) And he thought, and he was, as it was pulling out here, I bet he was thinking, this could go anywhere. And luckily for us, he scuffed it it along the floor and it literally came bouncing past me at such a slow pace. Swing it as hard as I could, uh, swung it, it came off about here, off the sock and screwed into the, the bottom corner. And my first thought at the time was, because I was on a half turn, I, where Giggsy was from, and the goal was the goalkeeper was here, there was a fella on the line. As Giggsy shot it, he he was jogging up. So by the time it got to me, the linesman could have made a bad decision and thought that I was offside. As I've scuffed it in, I thought to myself, please don't put your, line, uh, your flag up lines. So as I wheeled away to celebrate, I just had a quick look over my shoulder and saw that his flag was still down. And it was like, wow, let's go nuts. <laughs> let's go nuts. All the boys came running over to in front of the Man United fans. And it was like, wow. Can Manchester United score? They always score. The big goal is coming up. Peter
1: Schmeichel is forward. Can he score another in Europe? He's got one in Europe already. Beckham. In towards Michael. It's comfort why you're cleared. Geeks with a shot. Cheering him What family
0: Brilliant. did
3: you have in the, the crowd that night?
0: Uh, I, had a, I had a lot of friends. My mum and dad would have been there. Girlfriend, uh, son would have been
2: nine or ten around that time. So he
3: really remembers that?
2: Oh, he, re- he remembers, yeah. He remembers it. Do, yeah. you, th- do you think, that it, you say that you shanked it. I mean, there must have been four shanks in that uh, saga <laughs> yes. uh, going on. If you'd have hit it with your laces and you'd have hit it well, might have shot straight, straight at the keeper's at legs and bounced back out to safety. Yeah? And do you think over the, the years of your knowledge of where to be, obviously it's an instinctive thing, and you see so many shots go wide, but you see so many people miss the opportunity. But the fact that you're knowledgeable enough to go, all right, well, if it goes over the bar, there's absolutely no chance of getting anything on it. You wider the pulse, you've always got. Half a shank to get in there? Maybe. The
0: top spin was is a funny spin when you're trying to control the ball, isn't yes. it? And that ball, because Giggsy had kept it down, it was it was bobbling like that, even though it was on a carpet, it was bobbling. Yeah. So you could quite easily have lifted it over the bar, even from four yards out. Yeah. So me hitting with the sock is covering, like you're saying, my natural instinct is covering the ball. To, to not make it go up, just make sure you keep it down and just screw it in. But as you say, so did bit, you shunk it in? It's come off my sock. Yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> didn't it at all, did I? But it's screwed, screwed into the corner.
3: Do you have those memories because you vividly remember them or because you've watched it back? Because so many people don't think, remember those specifics because it's all yeah. a blur. Have you
0: watched it back? Yeah, a couple of times. Only that. The, the three, last couple four, of five, minutes. Yeah. No, I've, I've watched the whole From game. I've watched the whole game back. Yeah. You the no. Pretty soon after the event, but I've not seen it for ages. But every now and again, people will send me the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. people have different camera views of it. than Have you seen this before? Yeah. My
2: dad was at the game. You, I bet you've not seen this before. So I like to say, two, three minutes later. Yeah. What did you think? Obviously, we all, everyone's jogging back to the halfway line. Did you think then we'll win it in normal time? Or, was you mentally preparing them well, we're already into injury time? Me and Ollie
0: actually had a conversation getting back to the halfway line. We went, we went, brilliant, we're going to have another half hour. He loved playing football as much as I did. And it was like, we're going to have another half hour in the Camp New playing in this. <laughs> no. you know, we, so I think funny. we were like a pair of kids excited for our first game of football. And it was, we're going to have another half an hour on this. What a setting. Brilliant, eh? And it was like, fantastic. (laughs) We're both buzzing like that. Little did we know that
2: half a minute later,
0: (laughs) ollie has gone down the left wing, tried to whip a ball in. It's a defender, goes out for a corner. I can see Bex running across. Now, I'm obviously feeling 10 feet tall now. I've just scored the equaliser in the Champions League final. It's like, Bex... Just put it in an area where you know I want to want to yeah. attack the ball, and I will. I'll jump above anybody. I'm re- I'm buzzing. Did you say that to him, what no, we thinking. No, I didn't. No, I'm thinking it, and I'm thinking just Bex. Just put it in that area. I'm, I'm tingling with the, the thought of it. I've just scored one. I'm going to score another. Go on. I'm I'm going to as he run up to take it. I take my defender away to think I'm going to the far post and then make a hard run towards the near post. Put it in there, Bex. And he's put it in a beautiful area. And as I'm running to get up, I've jumped. And I'm like, I want to head it back in the near post. And you're talking about the instincts of what goes on in a footballer's mind. I instinctively thought, if I head it there for that near post, I'm up that slightly too early and it's going to go over the bar. So all I can do is flick it onto the far post and hope that someone's there. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to waste that opportunity. And I'm up and I'm... nah. And it was just like, boom, hit in it into that area. And out the corner of my eye, as I'm falling away like that, I see I see Ollie poke it into the top and he's like, oh my God, let's go. And he ran to the same place that I ran to. All the, all the players came over, all the subs came oh, over. In front of the Man United fans. And it was just like, oh, can you believe what we've just done?
1: Is this their moment? Beckham into Sheringham and Solskjaer!
2: What was your next conversation with him, man? <laughs> we've got, you like, all, a lot of you done. We've 15 seconds here. That's it. <laughs>
0: nah, no, it's just, I mean, walking back past all the Bayern Munich players that were lying on the floor, cafe, the referee, yeah. Trying to pick them up. Yeah. Have you seen that footage?
2: Yeah,
0: it's mental. The referee trying yeah. to pick him up. I'm, I'm seeing the footage. I thing, what are you doing? Yeah, were you German or something? You can't be doing <laughs> that. Leave them if they're on the
2: floor.
1: <laughs> when you, when you, I mean, I'm just listening to you and like my cheeks hurt because I'm smiling so much because it's such a joy to listen to these moments. But when you watch it back as someone who was there, like when I watch it back and you hear Clive Tilsey and you and you experience it all over again, like, yeah. you feel it like deeply. Yeah, what's it like when you watch it back? Are you getting goosebumps like the rest of us, or is it just like, oh yeah, I well, remember you can that. tell by your no, face I
3: when you see even. See. Describe it how happy Listen, you
1: are. How long ago is that? This is, this is what, 20, 23, 23, so 20, 23, 24, 24 years, years ago.
0: So I worked it out when I last had this conversation, it was about 14,000 days. It must be over 15,000. I reckon I tell this story. I reckon I've told Don't it. Don't say that. I think I've told this story 15,000 times, right, on an average. Mm-hmm. People want to tell me where they were mm-hmm. when they were watching it they smashed the light out of their bedroom you know they were in a bar in South Africa with a load of Germans they want to tell me they want to hear the story and that's the beauty of the history yeah. of scoring goals in cup yeah. final. people talk about money and how much you've got at the end of your career it's like it ain't it's about moments that you aspire to have when you're growing up practising kicking the ball against the wall I hope I do this in a cup final at some stage I hope I do it in a Champions League final one day that might be me, which I've watched all these players. And, you know, we've done it. We was there. We did it. And now to pass on that excitement and the buzz that, that people get from telling you what they were
2: doing at that particular time, go on, tell me how it felt, Ted. And it's like, this is how it felt. Listening to you tell your story, how you saw it, still gives me that buzz now. Mm. And it, it's, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Best. Best thing ever. It was the
0: ridiculous 11 days, wasn't it? Oh. We've all got our own stories about that yeah. 11 days. Whoever played parts in that, we've all got different stories. You know, mine was a roller coaster of up and down and
2: doesn't get any bigger than, than you know, finishing is the it, way it did. Is it true that your house has been named Cam new Cam yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I built a house in 2017, uh, 2005. Loved the ending of it, of what, how it looked like. And it was the perfect, perfect house. So uh, I called it Camp New after that fantastic night.
1: You wow. Talk about those 11 days that built up to those three final games. A lot of your teammates had won the Premier League before, had won the FA Cup before. But all of this was new for you. Yep. Were you able to take each stage in and enjoy it at that moment? Because immediately three days later, there was another one coming up.
0: Yeah. Um, that's the professional side kicking in. Mm-hmm. I was probably of, of an age where, you know, I'm, I was 30, I think I was 33 that, that year, 32, 33. So, I, you know, I've been about a bit. So, you you know, you don't get overexcited. I'm not an overexcitable person anyway. I'm, I'm quite a level, level guy. So, if people told me I was absolutely rubbish, I'd think, no, I won't. I was, I was okay. If they told me I was brilliant, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I was a little bit above okay, you know. So I was quite realistic about things as well in my, in my footballing career.
1: What was the open top bus ride like for you? You just, scenes that you will
0: never ever forget for the rest of my life. Travelling to Manchester was good enough seeing people celebrating with us, knowing we was on that route. But the moment you drove, turned into Deansgate, was wow wasn't it mental i mean they what was the figures 750,000 people meant to be filling it and i can understand that the whole the streets people on bus shelters hanging out of windows people coming down side streets it's trying to get a view yeah. of us it was just unbelievable unbelievable a sea of red everywhere yeah
1: it would be my dream to just keep talking about this now but your career moved on, and we've got to move on. You won two more Premier League titles with United before heading back to Spurs. What were those years like? Because I suppose, great, we're in the Premier League, but maybe didn't quite compare to the heights that you'd reached.
0: No, the, the following season um, we won the Premier League again, and then that was the end of my three-year deal. The manager asked me to sign another year, and again, I, I can remember Steve McLaren was part of that. He asked me while I was away on holiday, and I said. Steve just I, w- I will sign another year yeah but tell the manager that I'm not happy sitting on the bench and I want my place back and he was like okay I'll tell him he'll be delighted that you're going to sign again little did I know Yorkie had a little bit of a fallout didn't yeah. he mm-hmm. um, with, with the manager uh, whether he was partying too much or whatever I was probably partying with him but it, Sir Alex <laughs> didn't find out about that um, And then got back in the team and and ended up having a fantastic season for myself. Um, Not only did we win the league again, uh, won the Players Player of the Year, the Football Writers Player of the Year, the Man United, the Busby Player of the Year. And it was like, wow, it it doesn't get much better than that for me. And the manager wanted me to sign another year again. And I just thought my son was at a certain age, Tottenham were offering me a two-year deal Uh, to go back the manager wanted me to sign a one year deal not not that that was an issue because I felt still felt good about myself that if I had another year that he would offer me another year after that so it wasn't that at all it it just felt right that I'd come up to Man United to do what I wanted to do and um, there was still life in me and the offer to go back to Tottenham back back home living at home in London seeing more of my son and it was like it, it feels right for me to do that so I ended up going back to Tottenham
1: we talked about the records that you've got as a as a senior player as yeah. it were and then you did a bit of management and then the poker yeah when you sit now and you look back do you just are you just left with a bit of pride about how it all went football career you mean mm-hmm. uh yeah uh, there's a lot of
0: better footballers than me that have ended up with winning nothing in their in their careers so i'm delighted that that i came across all those big games uh, was part of history and the fact that I've got some trophies to to show for it is just what it's all about, the way I see it. That's that's what being in professional football is all about, to have those memories, to to pass them on, to enjoy other people's memories about about what you did and, and how it came about and the results that that
1: followed. Uh, it's been a privilege listening to you, Teddy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for talking yes, to sir. us. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Cheers.
3: think we could have definitely justified a part two there but that was incredible it was, we didn't even get on to the international career
1: i know and there were some great stories i wanted to get from his I know, international I career know.
3: but he just loved talking about 99 so much yeah
1: it was passionate wasn't it was the best so passionate it was the best retelling of that of that era that point those 11 days and those games i think we've ever had because he was so excited to talk
2: about it yeah very good i enjoyed it mm-hmm. do you yeah.
3: enjoy reliving the moments maisie do
2: you know what i i I do, I do get quite emotional listening back. And I think it's similar to what Teddy was saying, you know, when you hear different fans and you get different mm-hmm. perspectives of where people were or what they were doing. And then obviously you hear the, the actual lads who are there in the moment. And obviously Teddy was there in the moment twice, one scoring and one setting setting up with a second. Do you think he doesn't get
1: enough credit for his role in us winning the trouble? Because obviously, Ollie scored the winner. So that's oh, the picture. No, I think he does, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, Especially 100%.
3: because, as you mentioned before, the commentary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mentioned
3: yeah. him. So it's always on people's minds, yeah. even if they don't re-watch the game
1: just want a full disclosure for everyone who's listening obviously we finished the podcast and we're still in the hotel you can hear all the noises behind us so we just sat and had a, a sandwich and stuff and Teddy stayed with us and enjoyed that too Amazing, you actually got to have a chat about golf with him usual thing
2: yeah
3: oh my word do you know what else he told me before the cameras were on he's watched loads of our podcasts
1: I know do you know what I, do you know, he said, uh, you know he said he watched the Arsenal game the semi-final the other day that was on MUTV before the Reading match on Saturday.
3: He's watching the whole
2: schedule. Hey, and what about his house?
1: That was a good bit of, that was a good rumor you started at the beginning because it turned out to be true. Well,
2: it wasn't a rumor. I, I just knew it. I, you know, I've done <laughs> my research and yeah. obviously I spoke to a few people, a couple of his builders, and yeah, he's actually called it the You the should camp, have no. all,
3: like the whole squad, all agreed. Like, let's all call our house Camp New. and we had a Camp New in London, <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Camnew in Middleton, Camnew in Wimslow How
1: Middleton. funny was it oh, when he God. said about him and Ollie actually had a conversation, being like, "Yes, we get another half an hour in Champions League final." I thought,
3: "I need to look back and see if you can see them having yeah. that conversation." That's oh, class. it was absolutely so brilliant. Great.
1: Also, if so you've got great. any, um, if you've got clips from the final, send them Teddy's way.
3: Yeah,
2: obviously absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah, send them my way. Yeah, yeah. It's got ah, brilliant. Good to see him as well. Looking ever so well. Keeping busy with the kids and the grandkids and Yeah. And the golf. That'll
3: be you next, Maisie. And the golf. You are? That'll be you next.
2: <laughs> Better not be. <laughs> 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 I Shall don't know your granddad yet, so we'll no Hey, I tell you what uh, we haven't got. Oh we haven't done for a while. Go emails. On. If
1: you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send us an email to unitedpodcast at mainnighter.co.uk, which is what Terry Plange did. He messaged and said, Wow, just listened to Ander Herrera's episode. My God, what a show. Helen's noise is such a mumsy noise when he starts crying. It brought a tear. Great empathy, great show, great guy. Helen, do you know what that noise is?
3: I don't know. I can't even watch that bit back and cringe so much at what I was doing.
1: What were you doing? Making noises.
3: I just, I just, yeah, I kept making noises and said, Sorry, oh. sorry, Ander. Jacob
1: Habel has also sent us an email He said Hey Sam, Maisie and Helen Greetings from across the pond Your podcast played a major role In my development as a United fan I'm reading the first of Sir Alex Ferguson's biographies At the moment And didn't realise his brother Martin Was head European scout with the club In the 90s and 2000s Scanned for Lan Anderson and Van I think he would be a great guest on your podcast Or maybe you could have Sir Alex back For a second episode together with Martin Cheers Jacob Maisie, do you know Martin?
2: I do know Martin, yeah. met him a few times. Is he a good storyteller? I don't know. Anything like his brother he might be good.
1: All right, OK. Yeah. Tasca, there's one for you to think about. Thank you very much for your messages. We'll certainly have a look into Martin. And if you want to send us any ideas you've got, then I've already read you the address, so listen back or look in the show notes. It'll be there and we'll see you next time.
2: Bye. Bye. See you later.